We're in a series called Worry Free. I, I, I believe this message is vitally, vitally important. I've titled it Margin is a Must. Margin is a Must. Last week, if you were not with us, I, I shared my wife and I's personal journey of at 22 and 20, we got married and we found ourselves in around $40,000 worth of debt. Car debt, credit card debt, Best Buy had debt, student loan debt. And, and what I didn't share with you last week is, is how we just had no margin. So there was the debt side of things and and the other thing that was just, just gripping on us was just no margin. And I told you last week we had a car that the air condition went out in. And, and number one, we didn't get it fixed because we were paying off our debt. Number two, we didn't get it fixed because we didn't have no money. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. So we couldn't get it fixed. And we didn't have any margin. We didn't have any margin. Let me explain to you margin is. Margin is what you earn minus what you spend. And what is left over is your margin. What you earn minus what you spend, what you, left what you have left over is your margin. And most Americans don't have any margin in their financial life. And it leads to worry. It leads to stress. Statistics say that 52% of Americans could not cover a $400 or less of unforeseen expenses. So if something unforeseen popped on the scene, $400 or, or $200 or $300, that over 50% of Americans would not have the money to cover it. They would have to try to borrow the money or sell something to be able to cover that expense. 85% of Americans have less than $250 in savings at the age of 65. Approximately 10 million U.S. households have no bank account at all. Over 40% of American families routinely spend more than they earn every single year. They leverage debt to, to maintain their lifestyle. Only 17% of the United States population has an emergency fund set aside of three to six months so that if an emergency occurred, they would have margin to be able to take care of the problem. Only 17%. We live in a marginless society, and I know this from experience. It creates stress. It creates worry. It creates pressure because the reality is life happens to all of us. Come on, we all know cars do break down. Health issues arise. Come on, I don't care how much you pray, gas prices arise. People lose jobs, stock market crashes, children cost money, and the older they get, more money. Come on, I didn't say more, I said more, amen, more, more money. When there's no margin, when there's no margin and life happens, it leads to worry, it leads to stress. Here's what I want to teach you, don't miss this, here's what I want to teach you today. One of the enemies, Satan's, the devil. One of his most subtle yet greatest attacks on humanity is to get us to live without margin. It's an attack of the enemy on our society to get us to live with no margin so that we worry all the time, we're stressed out 
all the time, and we wake up every day just thinking about money, money, pressure, money. He wants us to live with no margin. You say, how does he work? How does, he, how does the enemy do this? How, 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 t- t- talk to me about his ways, pastor. Let me do that with you. Let me tell you how he, he accomplishes this. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16, talks about how the enemy works. It says, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life does not come from our heavenly Father. It's in the world. It comes from the devil. It comes from the evil one. And the devil, the, the evil one, wants to attack you with the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eye, the, the pride of life. And, and many people give in. Many people succumb to the attack of the enemy, and they live with no margin. The enemy's cunning attacks have been happening from the very beginning. Can I tell you, he's a pro at this. He's been doing it for centuries. You go back to the very beginning, the very first man and the very first woman, he attacks them. Adam and Eve is their names, and and Adam and Eve lived in a garden that God created. God created them, put them in a garden. They were living in perfection. They had a perfect marriage, perfect relationship with God, a perfect life. All their needs and wants were taken care of. There was no sickness, no death, no turmoil. It was perfection. And yet the enemy comes in and, and the enemy causes them to begin to be dissatisfied with their life. The enemy causes them to want more. They, they, they needed more. The, the enemy was so crafty and sly that he got people who were living a perfect life dissatisfied with what God had given them. How I many know this flesh is crazy, somebody? Do you hear me, somebody? They were living in perfection, and the enemy caused them to be dissatisfied. Let let, let me share this with you. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1, it talks about the enemy and his attack on Adam and Eve. It says, now the serpent came in as as a snake, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, and and if you've never heard me preach this text before on on another topic, I have an interesting view of this text. It's, It's an illustrated view. He said to the woman, say, say sweet thing, say pretty lady, did God, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Did God really tell you you can't have anything from that tasty tree right there? Come here, come here, come here, sweet thing, come here. You can have it. You need it. You want it. And, and he began to attack them with the, number one, the lust of the flesh. The, the lust of the flesh. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6 goes on to say, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, mm, physical, physical pleasure, and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable ple- physical pleasure, desirable for gaining wisdom, wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he 
ate it. The, the lust of the flesh is all about physical pleasure. And Adam and Eve were tempted to, to live life for physical pleasure instead of obeying their heavenly father. They had the perfect life. But their flesh wanted more. Friends, can I tell you, our flesh always wants more. Come on, it, it wants more clothes and more shoes and more eating out and more vacations and more room in the house and a nicer car and more jewelry, more cable channels. Come on, you don't need no more channels in your TV. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on. how many of you sit down at night and tell there's nothing to watch. What? I need some, we got to get us some, a new company to work with. There's nothing to watch. We want more data on our phone. It's amazing how our flesh always wants more. And friends, when you don't have margin, you don't need more. You need margin. You don't need more, you need margin. The, the lust of the eye, the second attack, the lust of the eye. Genesis 3, verse 6, when the woman saw, come on, all locations, everybody say saw. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing, notice this, pleasing to the eye. Adam and Eve have, had, had everything. Life was perfect. And the enemy tempted Eve with the one thing she couldn't have. And then, and then Eve got so focused on the one thing she didn't have that she lost focus of all of the other amazing blessings that God had provided for her and Adam. She got so focused on what she did not have, the lust of the eye. And you think Eve had it bad with a tree. In our generation, we see so much more. The enemy will use what somebody else has. You see what your brother-in-law has? See what your neighbor got? See the new car they just got? Oh, you know. You know you can't let them out, do you? We see commercials come on, the devil's in them commercials. Now, if you work for the advertisement industry, I believe in it. Amen. You keep working, all right? So I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm just saying, Ma, he uses it. Commercial comes on. You're like, I, I got to have it. I need it. Come on, then you go to the stores. Come on, them stores. The enemy uses them stores. You walk in the store, you're like, what? It's a sale going on in Jesus' name. What? It's a sale. You're saving money. Use your credit cards. And here's what we think. I got to have it. I got to have it. Listen, your eyes will go create a lifestyle that you're forced to have to finance. Your eyes will say, I got to have that tree. I got to have that stuff. I, I need it. I want it, and now you've created a lifestyle that you're forced to have to finance. And when you don't have margin, you don't need more. You need margin. You don't need more. You need margin. 
The, the, the pride of life. He used the pride of life. Notice this, the attack of the enemy. He still uses these attacks today. Genesis chapter 3, verse 3. But God did say, this is Eve speaking, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it because God said, or you will die. Verse 4. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, sweet thing, you, you got this thing wrong. Listen, listen to me, listen. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open. God's holding out on you. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And the interesting thing is this. Adam and Eve both knew what God said. They knew what God said. And yet they did not do it. They ate from the tree anyway. That's called the pride of life. The pride of, the pride of life. They thought they knew more than God. They, 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 they assumed that their way was better than God's way. And friends, that's, that's pride, pride, pride. You know what pride does? Pride hears God's principles but decides not to follow them. And that's where some of you are. You're, you're hearing God's principles. The, the last couple of weeks, you've heard God's principles, how to handle money God's way. And you know what some of you will do? Even to, you'll walk out and go, ain't that great? Woo, woo, woo. I'm not doing it. And, and that, that's, that's pride. Pride disobeys God's principles. Pride always wants more. Pride causes us to spend more. Pride leads to financial trouble. Pride causes people to live with no margin. You know what pride does? Pride disobeys God and then gets mad at God. That's what some of you, some of you are doing. That you're, you're disobeying God. That's what pride processes God. God, why aren't you blessing me? God, you know, I come to church. I... I I read my Bible. I'm here, God. I, I tithe. Even these dreams, I heard about them dream battles, projects, God. I'm, I'm even praying about giving it all them, God. Why, why aren't you blessed? God, why aren't you blessing me? Where are my blessings? What's wrong with you, God? And God says, what are you talking about? I have blessed you. You're wearing it. It's on your ears. You're living in it. It's on your feet. You ate with it last night. It's in your hair. <laughs> Pastor, you meddling now. I'm backing off. I'm backing off. I'm backing off. God said, what are you talking about? Bless me. I did bless you. But you decided you were going to do what you wanted to do. I blessed you with all these trees, with all this stuff. But you decided to do things your way. It's, it's the pride of life. And when you fall for the enemy's attack, you find yourself living with no margin. And the Bible says that they were kicked out. They were banished from the Garden of Eden. They were, put out, they were put out of the provision. They were put out of their margin. They had all these trees to eat from, but the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, they gave in to it, and they lost their margin. Attack of the enemy. I want to give you three effects of no margin, three effects of no margin. Don't miss this. Don't miss the attack of the enemy. Three effects of no margin. Number one is this shame. 
shame. Notice in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Adam and Eve were hiding because they were ashamed. You see, Adam and Eve, they, they wanted more, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. They wanted more. They took more. And now they find themselves living in shame and actually hiding from God. Let's just be honest and transparent today. It's embarrassing when you find yourself upside down financially. I know. It's, it's embarrassing when you're driving a car that you can't afford and you're wondering, can you even make the payment? And it may get repossessed next month. It's it can be embarrassing. It, it can be embarrassing when you don't have $100 in the bank, $200 in the bank, and an emergency arises, and you don't have the money to cover it. And, and you know what people do? The enemy is so good. You see, Adam and Eve didn't have any shame. Matter of fact, the Bible says they walked around in the garden naked and had no shame. How many know the Holy Ghost got to be all over that right there? You know what I'm saying? They had no shame. But all of a sudden, they disobey God. They do their own thing. Lust of the first problem. Now they're hiding from the one who created them. And friends, can I tell you, some of you today, the enemy has you running around in shame. You're ashamed of the situation you find yourself in. Can I tell you? There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is no shame in this house. You don't need to start hiding. Come on, some of you are hiding from your spouse. You're hiding shame. You're hiding. And you're charging up credit cards. Your spouse don't, don't, doesn't know anything about it. You got to come out of hiding. Somebody say, oh, no, Pastor, I'm not telling my spouse. Oh, it'll be wheels off. Listen, it's not getting any better with what you're doing right now anyways. Come on out of hiding. I'm, that's the only way you'll fix it. It's the only way you'll fix it. It's the only way you'll fix it. Some of you are hiding from friends. You're putting up a front. You're projecting something that's not real. You're living a lie. You're pretending like everything is okay, and it's not. You're hiding. Some of you are hiding from God in church. And I want you to know you're in a, you're in a safe place. We love you. I'm teaching this because I'm for you. I love you. I want what's best for you. I really do. I, I, I want, you got to come out of hiding. You gotta get some margin. You gotta get the, 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 the enemy will cause you to hide from God and hide from help. And I'm telling you, if you're gonna get some margin in your life, you need some help. Some of you have not been to the financial class thus far because of shame. Some of you have your finances together, but shame will keep you from getting even just more help. Some of you, it's shame because of your situation right now. And I'm saying, don't let the enemy shame you. Get to the class today. We're actually teaching on debt today, how to get out of debt. And also Wednesday night, we're teaching on how to get out of debt. Get to the class. Don't let the enemy shame you. Number two is this. A second effect of no margin is fighting and arguing fighting and arguing. In this story, Adam started blaming Eve. Adam actually said to God, this woman, he didn't call her Eve, this woman you gave me. 
This woman, you gave me. She gave me that fruit to eat. How many know Eve said, what? You, you, you said, this woman? You, you don't know my name? You said, this woman? I believe that's when the couch was invented. Because that's where Adam was sleeping tonight, baby. Come on, somebody. That's where Adam, you on the couch. The couch was then created? Hear me, church. Relationship problems occur when there is no margin. Phew. Some of you right now, hear your pastor. Your relationship problems would be cut in half if you had margin. There's so many fights over no margin, nothing saved. Why are you spending that? There's a blame game. Why'd you do that? Why? What's going on? We don't have any money. And some, some of you say, well, that's not what we're, our past. We're arguing about something else. But if you could trace it back to the root of why you feel so much pressure, if you could trace it back to the root of why you have, come on, why you snapping your head, uh, rolling your eyes, come on, because you you're under pressure. You got so much stress. Margin. It creates fighting and, and arguing. I'm telling you, we got to deal with this thing. The enemy wants us to live with no margin. Number three is this. Number three, number three, number three. You can't accomplish what God speaks to you when there's no margin. You can't accomplish it. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 23 says this. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. You see, God's plan, God's original plan, God's best plan for Adam and Eve was to live in the Garden of Eden in perfection. That was his plan. God had provided everything they needed, everything they wanted was there. But the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, they wanted more. They were dissatisfied. They wanted more. They took from the tree. They decided to do it their way. And they got put out the garden. Bore the enemy's trap of a little bit more, a little bit more. I'm not satisfied. You, you just have to. It's a trap of the enemy to rob you of your margin. And then he's kicked out of the garden. And, and the Bible says in the garden, man, they could just wake up anytime they wanted. Get some fruit, get some food. It was all there. And now they're out of the garden. And God says, now you're going to have to start working. You have to toil the ground. I know you just woke up, you had so much margin, you just woke up every day, grabbing food, fruit, eating. It was good. No, them days are over, brother. You want to do it your way? Now you're trying to figure out how you can put food on the table for your family. And Adam and Eve missed out on God's preferred, his preferred will for their life where there was margin, they, they, they missed out on it because of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Boy, I sure understand this. When Tiffany and I got married, we got married in Grand Island, Nebraska. Her parents were pastors there. And we, we lived in Springfield, Missouri after we got married. I had graduated college. Tiffany was still a student in Missouri. And Right after we got married, there was the Watoto Kids Choir came through Missouri, and they came to our home church where we worshiped, and 
and the, the leader, Pastor Gary Skinner, a great man of God. He began to talk to my senior pastor. I said, we're looking for a speaker to come and hold a crusade and hold services around Easter time. And it was in January or so. We got married in December. And he said, we're looking for a speaker. My pastor believed in me at age 22. He said, I got the perfect guy for you. Got a young evangelist in our church. He travels around. You need to have him come. So they contacted me and invited me and Tiffany. And me and my wife, we felt like this was the Lord. This is God. Our first overseas trip. We're going to be able to go. And, and you know what? Even though we felt like it was the Lord, we'd have the money for both of us to go. And so I remember saying, Tiffany, as we have talked and even discussed just recently, you're, you can't go to this because we don't have the money. We don't have the margin obey what God's telling us to do and to buy a three, four, five, six hundred dollar ticket. We don't have any money. And I will not, not never forget packing my bags and hugging Tiffany and going to the airport. Tiffany was crying, newly married, and going to Africa, Uganda by myself. And I, God moved. I preached in front of thousands, had a crusade and out in the stadium and there's 15, 20,000. I'm 22 preaching. Lives been changed. And saw demons cast out and God moved. And yet my wife missed out. Because we didn't have any margin to do what God was telling us to do. And then I fast forward to 2002. When God spoke to us to start a church called People's Church. In 2001, he spoke to us in April. And because we had learned some lessons in those early years, we had set aside thousands and thousands of dollars in our bank accounts. We created margin. We lived well beneath our means. And when God said, go to Oklahoma City, we sold our home. We moved here. We started a church in a Quell Springs Mall movie theater. We bought the equipment ourselves. Did a mail out. One church sent us some money. That was it, one. Amen. I mean, that's why your pastor loves church planting and helping churches get started because I know what it is to start with nothing and nobody helping you, nobody believing in you. But you know how we made it? It's because we had margin to obey God. And I'm telling you today, which some of you need to have peace is margin. You need margin. Because God has been speaking to you about going on a missions trip, but you can't go. You don't have any margin. God's been speaking to you about helping your kids go to college and, and providing, but you don't have any margin to help them go to college. God's been speaking to you about leaving an inheritance for your children and, and your children's children. But, but And God's speaking to you, but you don't have any margin. God, God, God's been speaking to you about helping the poor and helping somebody who's less fortunate to you. He's been speaking to you, but you're going, God, I don't, I don't have any money. I can't help. God, God's even speaking speaking to some of you about dream builders and your heart is stirred about what our church is doing and you're sitting there and you're saying, Pastor, I want to be a part of it. I don't have any margin. I don't have any margin. 
You can't do what God asks you to do when you don't have any margin. Here's how I want to close. I want to close it like this. Let me close it like this. Let me give you some practical application. First thing is this. Do whatever you have to do to get an $1,000 emergency fund. Do whatever you have to do to get a $1,000 emergency fund. I add one word, legally. Some of y'all just got saved. Amen. I know. I know who I'm talking to. Welcome to People's Church. We're glad that you're here. But you got to do it legally. Garage sale, cut your expenses, get a part-time job. You got to get, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. If you can get $1,000 set aside so if an emergency happens, you're not panicking. It's key, margin. If you don't have margin, you don't need more. You need margin. Number two is this, get on a budget. Find out how much you earn, figure out how much you're spending, and cut your expenses until you have margin. You may have to begin with $25 a month. You may have to begin, maybe you can get 50, 100. Get some margin in your, but get margin. Get some margin in your, do not have your expenses outperform your income. You gotta create margin. Here's the third thing. Work to get three to six months of income set aside. Three to six months of your income, make sure, get it set aside for expenses. So whatever your expenses are, get three to six months set aside. It's a game changer for Tiffany and I when we figured this out in our early 20s. It's been a game changer. Margin. You have to have margin. The enemy wants to rob you of margin so you live with stress and worry. 